everybody, and welcome to Marvel Monday. Uh, I'm going to be your host this week. I'm, I'm Brian from United We Fan, and uh, we have somebody in the background running tech for us. James, if you could throw up the name badges to help some folks out as well, that'd be great. Um, we've got Mark from This Diz Life over here. He is joining us, living his best Disney life from the lobby of Coronado Springs Resort. Mark, you got the prettiest background. I, uh, I'm not used to being beat on that. <laughs> I listen. It's it's. I'll, I'll take full credit for this one. I, I had every, I had everything to do with the construction of the Coronado Springs, and uh, clearly th- this was this was a, a smart choice on my part. Well done. And then I've got my co-host from United We Fan, Marky Mark, Mark Adams down there in the bottom corner. How are you, Mark? Doing well. Doing well. Hey guys. Nice shirt. Thanks. And then we've got our resident rookie in the MCU, Ethan, the Wolf of Walt Disney World. How are you doing, Ethan? I'm very well, thank you, sir. It's good to be here amongst the men at Disney. <laughs> All right. And then we do have Brian from Mouse Ears of Magic, who uh, is going to be trying to join us as well. He'll, he'll be coming and going. Um, Brian is also at Walt Disney World. Um, and they are upgrading their Wi-Fi, but it's not all the way there yet. So not everybody gets to stay at Coronado Springs. So, <laughs> all right. But we want to thank everybody. A reminder, Facebook users, there is a link in the comments above. that If you go to the StreamYard, you can give them permission to see the comments so we can see what you're saying to us. Welcome, everybody, in the comments. Rob's here. Hey, Rob. Um, hey, Rob. Allison, hey, Rob. how are you? Hey. Dwayne, as always, we need to get that picture changed, Dwayne, that, that – uh, Patriots helmet just doesn't just doesn't work for me. So, whoa, easy there. <laughs> it looks it looks great, Dwayne. All right. Well, um, hey, Chris. I, there's a lot there's a lot to break down. So again, we'll we'll give everybody kind of a chance to to join us here. But in the meantime, let's talk about kind of our high level view of of the episode. Um, we're gonna do things a little bit differently this week, as you have already figured out, because Mark's not talking. I will try and sprinkle in a, I don't hate it or something like that every so often, just so everybody feels at home. Um, but with Mark being at, uh, living his best Disney life, we thought we'd change things up a little bit. So, um, but everybody eat, let's start with you, Ethan. What were your overall impressions of this episode? I mean, it was the episode you've been waiting on. We got Halloween yeah, and that's, that's right. It was. Um, so, you know, initial reactions, very exciting to see my girl Wanda in her devil costume. Uh, but overall, Sokovia and fortune teller, Sokovia and fortune teller. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. and, um, I think the thing that I really enjoyed about this was it, 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 to me, this, this episode specifically really progressed the story quite a bit. Um, there were a lot of moving parts there, obviously more, more literally than figuratively, but there were a lot of moving parts, a lot of great questions sort of come from this and we're heading in towards like the final, few episodes so we've got to get some answers but also some questions that can come along with that so it was it was a lot of fun good episode and yeah wanda was very easy to look at this whole episode (laughs) (laughs) marky mark how about you um i've been enjoying the show the whole run but i feel like this episode is going to be more popular with those fans who are hoping things would speed up and the comic book nerd in me was very happy to see those comic book costumes show up on screen. Mark, what do you think? So, I, I thought I, I thought I knew nothing when I was watching this show, and then I saw that episode, and I realized I really know nothing. <laughs> so I, from this point on, like that, 
I think I texted Brian, I texted Brian Ferguson first thing in the morning. And I said, I think from here on out, I'm just going to enjoy the ride and stop trying to speculate what happens because I'm going to fully admit everything that I thought was going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And I think I'm just going to be pleasantly surprised from here on out that, you know, what, whatever Marvel has in store for me, like I'm, I'm so in the way that the episode ended, it really has me all, I'm all in on WandaVision. I'm, I'm all in on this next phase. Like it really, I got so psyched for what, what is to come. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm actually, uh, I mean, to say quite the opposite of Ethan is to suggest that I didn't enjoy it. But if we were power ranking the six episodes, this was actually my least favorite because I didn't think it advanced anything. Really? I, we didn't get wow. any answers. We didn't get any answers wow. to anything I wanted answers to. I still don't know who Quicksilver is. I don't know if he's Peter Maximoff. I don't know if he's from the X-Men universe. I still don't know what exactly what yeah. uh, Hayward's up to. I, I, I feel like I didn't get any answers that I was hoping for. Um, oh, so yeah. for, for me, um, it's it's six out of six, but it's still a, it's still a 9.5. Um, we do have Brian. We're getting a nice uh, tour of his hotel room there. Um, <laughs> Brian, what did you think of the episode? Were you more, you loved it, or were you putting it more on the back end of the show? Uh, I, I thought it was a really good show. Um, I thought it was a good episode. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear me or not, but yep. we got you. Uh, we got you. Okay, good, yep. good. Um, there were some things about this episode that was confusing, but after watching it a couple of times, it kind of made a little more sense. But it wasn't. It wasn't my least favorite episode. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, least favorite is is again a relative term. I'm not trying to do any say anything that I shouldn't. I still would much rather watch this episode than that episode when they go to discount Ben Han Solo, Tora Calican, and the fifth episode of The Mandalorian. Like, I I don't like that episode much at all. So at least this one still had some storyline and something to go with it. Um, yeah. So those of you in the comments, um, please keep chatting with us. We, we love it. We are going to do things a little bit differently this week. We're going to try to handle the, um, <laughs> yes, and this has nothing great. to do, this, this, this has nothing to do with me mainly hosting the show instead of Mark. We had talked about this ahead of time anyway, but we're going to try to go through the show in a more sequential order, which is going to help, I think, all five of us kind of stay a little bit more focused on what's going on so we can actually try and cover a little bit more um, going there. Uh, Curious, I'm completely with you. Malcolm in the Middle is not yeah. my show at all. So when it went Malcolm in the Middle heavy, I wanted Tommy to say time out and do a Zach Morris. Like, I, <laughs> I again, I, there was no real family sitcom in the 90s, so they did kind of cheat and go to Malcolm in the Middle, which started in 2000. Um, but let's, Ooh, let's start. You're forgetting Home Improvement. Yeah. No, and that, Fresh and Prince that, of Bel Air. Yeah. Ooh, Prince of Bel Air would have been nice. That would have been yeah, cool, have been but better. I, uh, yeah, so let's get started right there with Malcolm in the Middle. So why does Agnes show up in the theme song? Agnes has never showed up in the theme song. Let's start with uh, Mark at United We Fan. Mark, did you find that the theme song interesting or, or at pick Agnes out of there? Uh, I think the theme song is definitely one. Watch with the subtitles. The lyrics, the lyrics tell you a lot of what's going on, I think, from the thoughts of the kids. Agnes had that naughty word on her bum. I think that goes to show maybe she's not maybe the 
nice person we all thought. And I, I think the fact that she was with the kids either shows she's important to the kids or that she's trying to keep the kids close to her because they're important to her for whatever reason. So I think that intro gave away a lot. Yep. I'm with you. I think the kids, the kids love her and she loves the kids maybe for wrong reasons. Mark does like Mark. What do you think? What, how'd you like the intro? I, I like the intro. I like the fact that they're starting to highlight her more and more. I think with every every single episode, you're starting to see uh, a, a much bigger role for Agnes. I mean, originally we thought, oh, you know, uh, hey, what a wonderfully comic cameo that we're getting from her week in and week out. Now I think you're starting to see she's she's playing very important. And I know we're going to talk about her on the outskirts of town later. But she's I don't think she's fooling anybody like I don't think it takes that theme song to convince people that there's something amiss with her, that she's definitely naughty. She's got some very unnatural connection to the children. And I think that they're they're really going to start to highlight that moving forward. I, I can't see some bombshell being missed on her. I, I think it's coming, if not this next week, I think the, the, the next episode after that she's going to play very prominent in, in what's happening. Ethan, I know you noticed the word naughty across her butt. I sure Anything did. else that stood out there? Well, I think, you know. And I don't mean that in any wrong way. It's just no, quite obvious. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, listen, I pick up on those things. <laughs> but I think the thing for me is that I'm starting to see Agnes, like, especially in the last episode, you saw her sort of interact in a way that was very indicative of kind of like the family aunt or the family like close friend who just hangs out. Um, so I think that she's playing a bigger role and that's why you're starting to see her a little bit more involved. Um, you know, she, I mean, she was involved in, in some of the big moments in the last episode. So it didn't surprise me to see her because I think that, you know, she wants to be close to those kids and that's something that I've learned from all of you, but it'll be interesting to see how her character continues to develop. I think she's one of the ones that I kind of have put, a microscope over and, and I'm just trying to figure out what her whole, you know, her whole agenda is. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Rob or uh, Brian, what do you think about what Rob said? Are we seeing Agnes's or, or Agatha's origin story? I, I don't think it's an origin by any stretch. It's not an origin story. No, no, it's not. She's I think, I think alone Agatha. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's just, yeah, that's exactly what she is. For sure. No. Yeah. So Mark Mark mentioned the the lyrics of the of the theme song, um, and this one's hard to really catch all the lyrics unless you're reading them. But I wanted to to read them off just because they're pretty telling. Um, and for those of you that don't know, all of these theme songs were written by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, who are the songwriters for Frozen and Frozen Two. Genius people. Um, yeah. So they've um, they've done all kinds of stuff. So, um, but the lyrics said, "Don't try to fight the chaos. Don't question what you've done. The game can try to play us. Don't let it stop the fun. Some days it's all confusion. Easy come and easy go. And that's the part when Vision walks through the couch to get the uh, the newspaper back. I love that part. Uh, but if it's all illusion, sit back and enjoy the show. Let's keep it going through each distorted day. Let's keep it going, though there may be no way of knowing who's coming by to play." And who's coming by to play is when they show uh, Uncle P as he's as he's known. Like there's some pretty telling stuff in there of let's keep it going and enjoy the show, even though we know it's all distorted. All the timelines are distorted. Like it's it's really, really interesting. Um, 
So um, we'll move on to our, our next question there, James. And we've got um, what's with the costumes? We're going to start there with Ethan. There's nothing wrong with the costumes at all. What are we talking about here? I don't know. Uh, no, no. But why did they all look so different? Like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, uh, well, obviously Halloween, they're, they're putting on they're putting on a little bit of an act. But I think for me, the one that was strange and I didn't really understand was uh, Pietro and the I believe it's Billy. Um, they both had like a very similar costume and I wasn't too sure what that was, why it was so symbolic that they ran off to, to put it on. Then they came back. Um, so you just made I, the same mistake that uncle Pietro made. You called Tommy Billy and he says, and don't, yeah, you forget I, it. don't you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then the other one that the other only other one that was really strange to me um, that sort of like stuck out was visions. And I really, I, I didn't really understand that one either. Um, he kind of looked like himself, but not really. It was weird. A luchador. A luchador. Brian, how about you tell us what's so special about these, uh, about these costumes? These are the original costumes, man. These are the ones that I remember from reading the comic books and, and seeing them on, uh, the Marvel comic cards. That's what I, I love the Marvel comic cards. And to see that, man, it, I was a nerd now for sure. <laughs> it was great. Yep. Even Billy and Tommy were in there. Like Billy was already Absolutely. in his comic accurate costume right at the very beginning of the episode. Yes, Go he ahead, was. Mark. Mark, did you have something? No, I was I was just pointing at what Derek just put up. Uh, James put up that Derek said on the screen. That I, I mean, like we're getting, we would be getting a little bit far ahead of ourselves to address that right now. But like, I just like I, I love that. I love what he just said. That was awesome. Yeah. 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 No, I. He's yeah. We're gonna talk a lot more about Uncle P. Yeah. Like, Mark, what'd you think of the costumes? Uh, I I thought they were really, I I just thought they were a lot of fun. I think also it's gonna be great for cosplayers out there who maybe don't want to oh, spend yeah. a lot on the Wanda and Vision costumes. Now you can have a little toned down ones. I mean, Vision even had Converse on, so <laughs> and. <laughs> I definitely loved his little like boxer trunks. Those were pretty good. But shout out to uh, Julian Hillard, who plays Billy. We all probably know him from The Haunting of Hill House. Not all of us. Oh, some of us. Sorry. He's come, <laughs> a, he's come a long way since the crying kid who I was ready for those scenes to be over. So I'm glad he's grown up and more talented in WandaVision. But anyways, um, the costumes were a lot of fun. Wanda... You know, I I think it shows why we have to ad adapt these costumes so that they play better on the big screen, or in this case, the little screen. But either way, the costumes look great. I'm excited to see a whole bunch of Wanda's and Visions, hopefully this Halloween. Yeah, I uh, I uh, I really enjoyed um, enjoyed being a relative term, but the passive aggressive argument that Wanda and Vision were having of saying this was my only thing in my cost in my closet like all that was really really interesting um and he just he's fed up man like it's yeah. it's pretty obvious that they um that this is really the following morning when Uncle P showed up and well it's four in the afternoon because Billy and Tommy are afraid to wake him up but it's yeah. he's just he's just fed up 
and that passive aggressive and and it's and Billy can see it because Billy's the more empathetic twin, um, just like Pietro calls Wanda later in the episode. Go ahead, Mark. Brian, question for you. Now, Malcolm in the Middle wasn't your thing. You know, early Malcolm in the Middle is hilarious. I get why maybe not later Malcolm in the Middle. Now, let's say we had done a different show. Would this episode maybe have gone up a little higher than your least favorite? Or was it just because I don't think it went full Malcolm in the Middle. I think it was more so in the beginning. They had him talking to the camera and you had that intro and then the TV show setting and walking around the house and all that. But I think they left that kind of early on. You just couldn't no, get over it or past it? It's, it's, it's dishonest or disingenuous to say the only reason it's my least favorite is because of the Malcolm in the Middle influence. That didn't help. Um, okay. but, but overall, I've been clued into these trailers for months and months and months. The Agnes conversation that she has with Vision, um, many of the things that we've seen from promotional stuff, nothing was a surprise to me in this episode. Um, and I'm glad we all got it out of the way now because yeah. now we're going to, we haven't seen much of, of anything else that's coming. We've seen a few modern family shots that we're going to get this week's episode, but um, yeah. it wasn't just the Malcolm in the middle influence. I think it was, I think that conversation we're going to talk about it that vision has with Agnes um, would have meant a whole lot more had I not already seen half of it in the crux of what that conversation was. Gotcha. We'll move on to the, uh, so the next question, why is Billy afraid of Pietro while Tommy looks up to him? So we get Tommy who uh, he he just he's really obsessed with with Pietro, loves him, loves his super speed, loves loves everything about it. He even when she comes down the stairs in her costume, she says, I'm a Sokovian fortune teller. And he says, that's so. And Tommy says rad. And then Pietro says lame. And Tommy says lame. Like Tommy wants to be just like him. Um, so I I mean, why? I mean, did it stand out to anybody else that Billy's legitimately afraid of him and Tommy kind of looks up to him? Do you think that means anything? Go ahead, Mark. No, I, I, I actually like when I when I see this question, I didn't really get an afraid vibe of him. Yeah, agreed. I just got I got a help I got a healthy respect of of his uncle. That you know, I I really didn't. I don't think anyone is fearful of of Pietro. So I I that didn't play with me. I I no. I can't really weigh in on yeah. this. I I disagree with it actually. I didn't get that feeling at all either. I, when I saw the question, I was like, "Did I, did I misinterpret so, the acting?" Yeah. So, yeah. See, to me, the what stands out is you're afraid to wake him up at four in the afternoon because you're afraid he's a vampire. Like I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I think Billy doesn't trust him. I. That's kind of my read on the whole thing. Well, I think not to say I wrote the question, but I kind of wrote the question a little bit based off of some stuff that was asked of me. Yeah. I, I, the thing that I, I would assume though too is, I mean the kids have aged up how quickly now at this point, yeah. you know they're they're on it seems what they're on is like day five or day six of their of their lives of their lifespan, yeah. So they they have a very healthy respect I think for for adults and I that's that's how I read that is that I don't think they really know how to take their social surroundings as it relates to the adults in this scenario. That I, I think they have a healthy respect for mom, dad, Pietro. That, that's how it played for me is throughout the episode, you know, they, they take their cues on. Is it okay to have a dog? Is it okay to do this? Is it okay to do that? I think they're still very much trying to understand their own realities. That's how it read for me is they're, they're neophytes in this entire world. 
You know, they're, they've aged up very quickly, but they still, I don't think, understand a lot of what's going on. Right. Yeah. And Tommy's Tommy's right. definitely the cool Tommy's definitely the cool kid and he doesn't want Billy around. He calls him the Dorcasaurus Rex and Aww. when she later in the episode when Wanda tells him you got to take your brother, he's like, "Oh, really?" Like oh, like Tommy clearly doesn't like him. Um Ethan, what did you what did you get? They they all got a very different read on the twins than I did. Uh so I I didn't necessarily pick up fear. I definitely picked up like this is a new guy in the house, and I think that, you know, between the two people that are in the room, one of them liked them, and the other one just was like, ah, I don't really know about him. But I also felt as though uh, Tommy just sort of had a better handle of, like, the room. Like, he was the one who would cut away and talk about how, um, you know, his parents were sort of fighting. And, I mean, he, he was he's very perceptive of what's going on around him. So I don't necessarily, I didn't necessarily pick up fear. I just picked up that he's very perceptive and he's very more, he's much more aware of like the sort of the, I don't want to call it weirdness because that's not the best word, but everything that's sort of going on. Yeah. And that's, uh, we're going to get a lot more of his intuitiveness later in the episode for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next question, James, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, we'll start with you, Brian. Why does Hayward belittle, belittle Monica and her belief in superheroes? And let's just get it out of the way. Hayward sucks. Like, Hayward, oh, yeah. he's like, and credit to his, to credit to that actor, because if I ran into him, I would punch him in the face. Somebody help me out here. Hayward is a terrorist. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. You could see this relationship between Monica and Hayward kind of disintegrating. Uh, it was, it seemed like it was going to be pretty good in the beginning when you first saw them two together. And uh, now it's, it's starting to unhinge. So, so I'm not sure what to come what, I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, what I, found- I haven't really put my. I haven't go put ahead, my I haven't put my finger on it yet. So, yeah, go ahead. What I found very very interesting is I think a lot of the world that was not blipped lost all faith in the Avengers and just everything. But that might be I true, yeah. and I and that's I mean something happened three weeks ago when everybody came back that he should uh, at least have a little more faith in the Avengers. But to to say that Monica's a kind of a bad person for lack of a better term, because she has faith in Carol Danvers to throw that in her face. And then for Monica to say, don't act like a coward. And then for him to throw her dead mother in her face. I hate that guy. Go ahead. Mark. I'm still going to go with Hayward's an evil scroll. I'm going to, I'm still going with that. That's fair. That's fair. She's, she clearly known him for a long time. So he's been a scroll for a while and he's playing the long game for sure. Ethan, you got a, a read on what Hayward may be thinking here? let's see i think for me hayward is just one of those guys who he's just flexing his power in my opinion he just seems to be like rubbing whatever he can in everybody else's face so i don't know i still don't have the best read on this guy but there's a lot of interesting nuances about him that i'm very intrigued by and I i think we'll get into that a little bit later but we'll see yeah i go ahead mark I, at this point, like my, my read on Hayward, I, I feel like he's just going to become a cartoon villain. He's going to be the spark that's just going to light the powder keg that's Wanda. I, I really think that's the purpose he's going to serve in this narrative. 
and I think he's just so over the top evil at this point. I just can't see them telegraphing him this this much. If only he's just going to set her off. I think that's the only purpose for him at this point. But, yeah, and Jimmy Woo comes in of don't demean your or don't diminish your colleagues just because you can't keep it under control. And him asking Darcy of do you work for me? And her response of I really don't know. Like I we got another Darcy I don't know, and I'm very very happy about that. But I, he's hiding something, and he needed to get those three out of there because they're actually honest people who are trying to do some good. Now, is for it, all of you hiding? Game of Thrones, for all you Game of Thrones fans out there, is Hayward on Joffrey level yet? I don't. I don't oh think no, he's there yet. No. There, there's nobody on Joffrey okay. level. For, all right. What were you going to ask, Brian? Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. It's fine though. Sorry, don't, Brian. Not going. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> All right, so we do still bounce back between sitcom world and, and real world stuff, seeing the fact that they're just now carrying the drone back inside the tent. Like, very little has time and time has passed in the real world when in the we've already moved a full decade. So, um, yeah, Stephanie's Stephanie's right. Joffrey's yeah. still it, Ramsey Bolton's the only one that ever came close to Joffrey for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's getting he's getting close to Skyler in Big Bad for me. Oh, that's, that's where he's getting. That's fair. That's fair. We'll move on to the next question. What does Herb know? Um, we know Herb knows a little bit. He wanted to tell Vision some stuff at the brick wall in the third episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, Mark with a K, like, what do you think Herb actually knows? I mean, he asked Wanda if he wants anything changed. Do you think there's anything to that? I mean, a nice Herb is a good thing to have if you're ever, like, hurting or just need something fresh in your life, a herb can be a really good thing. I'm just bum, kidding. Bum, For all bum, of them, bum, I know. James, can you mute Mark with a K, please? We're going to move on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is when I like United We Fan. <laughs> there he goes. Oh. All right. Mark, Mark Valentine. What do you think Herb knows? Uh, I, I think Herb is like a lot of these guys that he's just very self-aware of, of the, the hex. He can see he can see the construct of the hex. Um, he knows he doesn't have enough power to, to break out of it. But I, I don't I don't I don't know. Like I just I still don't get a feeling like he's a, a major player. But again, it's dude. It goes back to what I said to you at the beginning of the episode. At the end of this, I said, man, I really I know nothing. I know nothing. So, I mean, me having that feeling about him is probably going to be totally wrong, too. Herb does have – he's John Collins. He does have a, a license on the board, which is no longer a board anymore. Like, it's probably a dartboard in the circus tent now at this point. But, um, yeah, really. like, he's at least the person. I, I put him on the same level as I do Dennis the Mailman of everybody knows Wanda's in control. And Herb's just – I mean, he's the head of the neighborhood watch, so he's got a little bit more to him. But beyond that, I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't think well, Herb Herb he, knows it. He did have that moment where he like kind of like looked down into the camera, and goes, "Do you want me to change anything, Wanda?" Yeah. Like, I I don't know when he did that moment. I was like, "Oh man, is there more to Herb? Are we about to see another side of Herb?" Oh. I just thought it was the same as the mailman saying, "Your mom won't let the dog get far." Yeah. Like I okay. I kind of read but it I, the same way. I think that that's what the show is trying to do. I think that I think it's trying to pull a looky loo with all these other people. Now, it's trying to get us to look in the wrong direction. I think that Herb is a looky-loo, that we're, we're just spending so much time looking at him and other people 
that the real villain is like right in front of her eyes and we just haven't seen it yet. So Dwayne, Dwayne says he was having a conversation with yeah. Agnes and knows something. Um, I've got an answer to that, but does anybody else want to take that one? Brian, you got anything there? So I, I mean, Agnes, we're going to talk about it later. Agnes is an actress that deserves an Academy Award, man. Like Agnes looked legitimately afraid when she was talking to Herb earlier in the third episode. Agnes is just pulling the strings. I think Agnes is only getting telling people to rile them up. I think she wants Vision gone. And uh, and again, we'll talk more about that later. But um, I just I think Agnes is only telling Herb what she wants Herb to know. I agree. Uh, Herb is rivaling Wanda for the best costume in the show. He looked fantastic. <laughs> I I kind of took that moment sort of similarly to when uh, Agnes said, do you want me to run that again? Like something's, something's happening. You know, Wanda finds out that, that uh, vision isn't, you know, where he's supposed to be. And, you know, she's like, he, he wants to try to fix that. And, and again, this all kind of plays into, my thought that Wanda's created this perfect world and this perfect world just sort of continues to seem to be just sort of falling apart at the, at the seams. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll be curious, you know, I, I don't know if there was anything in necessarily that was odd about the exchange. Um, but I think all of them are aware when something is going wrong. So that's, yep. that's, that was my take on that. Yep. Yep. I, I think that, uh, you know, just to get back into this really quick, I think that everyone who is self-aware also realizes that a happy Wanda is better than, than making her mad. And I think that a lot of this is just they're placating her because they realize that when she's upset, when she's angry, when she's scared, that, that all of this can go off the rails really quick. So I think, Ethan, um, to go back to your point of why people, hey, do you want to run that again? Do you want to feel better? I think they do that, that they know, hey, if she's out of sorts, if, if she starts to lose it, we're all in a lot of trouble. Yeah. 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 Do you want something changed? And, and Agnes saying, should I take it from the top? You want me to hold the babies? I experienced those two things very differently, though. I experienced that with Agnes having control and Herb just trying to control what he can, but, but very different there. Uh, before we move on, I do want to call out one really cool Easter egg that maybe not everybody knows. Um, when Tommy says kick ass in front of his mother, the way she experiences that is even if you don't know what they're calling back to, um, it's just I can't believe my 10 year old son just cussed in front of me. But the movie kick ass stars Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson, both as actors. And that and those are the two actors that have, have portrayed Pietro Maximoff, Wanda's twin. So yeah. just kind of a fun little Easter egg there. And they even hammer it home when she says it back to herself. So I thought that was a really cool, really cool Easter egg. But James, we can move on to the to the next question. And everybody in the comments, like, do not be afraid to ask us any questions. We are going to have a, a Q&A if there's something we don't we don't get to. Well done, Frankie. Um, but we're going to get to a lot of the questions that you may have at the end as well. Um, what's the deal with the creepy commercial? Um, does anybody want to take this one? Again, I feel like I've been talking a little bit too much, but I've got, I've got a theory. All right. So I'll jump in here. I watched a TikTok, which is the, the really famous thing that everybody's doing nowadays. And <laughs> you know, that's uh, what all the kids are doing. Up there, that's what right? all the kids yeah. are doing. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And man, uh, we're old. Yeah. 
And there was a theory, and I I try to stay away from these as much as possible, but some of them just suck you right in. But there's a theory theory out there that that the commercials are depicting the, the, the stones the Infinity Stones, and, you know, I, I don't know if there's any bearing to that, um, but it certainly intrigued me. I mean, the, the watch, there's the Time Stone, there's, so there's aspects of that that make me wonder, but then this one, I, I, I looked at that, you know, he couldn't open up the yogurt, and I was just like, what the hell is this? I have no idea. So, it, it's, the commercials to me are still very confusing, but again, you know, TV, when you're watching television, they have they have commercials, so maybe that's just all part of it. But I mean, they usually don't depict a little boy unable to open food and then die. That well, that's then to me was very be, strange. Then this would be the Soul Stone, right? Because it sucked his life away. Oh, does anybody does yeah, anybody actually believe the Infinity Stones theory? Theory? I personally don't. I don't mean to demean anybody that does. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't personally buy into it. I I think we had the first three phases called the Infinity Saga for a reason. The yeah. very first thing in Phase 4 outside of the Infinity Saga isn't going to directly call back to all six Infinity Stones. Like, the Mind Stone's yeah. going to matter because that's how Vision lives. Right. I don't think there's anything personally to to the Soul Stone thing, but you're right, Ethan. A lot of people are, are yeah, buying into that. So, Mark uh, from United We Fan. Mark, what did you think of this commercial? Did anything stand out to you there? Um, I, I know someone mentioned it. I know a lot of people are thinking it's the shark is Pietro. They use the same terminology here and there throughout the episode. Somebody even went as far as to reach as the same colors of the shark is Quicksilver. I I think that was a bit of a stretch. Um, All I know is that was definitely the creepiest kids commercial I've seen in a long time. And it took a very dark turn. Yeah. Brian, how about you? What did you think of the commercial? Well... I, I'm foreseeable completely... uh, nightmares for the foreseeable future as well, like Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. it was very disturbing, for sure. Um, you know, as going back to the to the Infinity Stone thing, I don't think so. But you could definitely read into them that much to where you think that that's what they mean. But who knows? I mean, I've been wrong several times on this show, so we'll see what happens. So, Brian, the. the... The one thing that I will give credit to this, the style of this episode was, I, I thought it was a legitimate commercial for a second. I was like, oh, it's a commercial. And <laughs> it, it took me a good 10 seconds to really remember that the commercials were a part of the of the show and, and the gag that I bought into the theme of the 90s so much in this that I just, again, it took me back. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, like we're watching yep. Malcolm in the Middle again. Oh, here's a, here's a Yo Play commercial from the 90s. It took me a little oh, second to yeah. realize it's like, oh wow, yeah, okay, yeah. I forgot we have we have those with this show. It felt Stop like mode. a Dunkaroos commercial for sure. Like it felt straight Dunkaroos to me. Yeah. Um, so there was a question a, a bit ago of uh, I think it was Mackenzie asked, "What's the deal with the commercials in general?" Um, I've been very much a proponent of these are the Wanda Maximoff trauma tour that we're going through different traumas that she's had. Um, my prevailing theory, um, and I, I, I credit this particularly to Sean Gerber of the MCU Fan Show podcast. Um, this is not only me by any stretch of the imagination. That guy's on a different level than I am. But um, the the kid is is dead, and he's been dead. He, I mean, he's stranded on an island. He's been dead. Yo, magic, meaning your magic, 
Um, it's 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 a snack for survivors, as it says at the end. Like this is not meant to bring back the dead. It's not. It's it doesn't have the power to bring back the dead. She even said last week in last week's episode that she can't do it. So then something else is going on with Vision. Something else is going on with Pietro because she doesn't have the the deal to do it. And that really calls into the scene that we didn't really get to talk about much last week when Agnes was holding the dead dog. And I think Agnes was trying to test Wanda to see if Agnes or see if Wanda really had the power to bring some, maybe there's somebody in Agnes's past that she wants to be brought back. And she seems genuinely heartbroken when Wanda says she either can't or won't do it. And I think this commercial tells us that her magic is only for the survivors, that it's not meant for the living. And if we're going to stick with the trauma tour past, a lot of the things that we've seen the, the Strucker watch and the ticking toaster and all that are things that have been referenced. I think this might be a clue into the fact that she may have tried to bring Pietro back and just didn't have the ability to do it. Um, so the fact that she's now seeing him and he says, why do you look different or why do I look different? Like if I found Shangri-La, like I wouldn't want to see everything the same way either. But when Wanda's subconscious gets in there, we even see it later when she sees like zombie Pietro with the bullet holes in his chest. Um, I just think, I think Wanda knows she can't bring him back. And I think Wanda tried. Um, any thoughts on the theory that the reoccurring man and the woman are Wanda's parents? I am 100% in on that, Stephanie. Um, that could be a little bit, I, I don't know. I don't buy into, I would, I, if the shark is anybody, I would more say that it's Agnes than it would be Pietro. Um, it could be Pietro. If Pietro is Mephisto, like, but that'll that'll go on for another 45 minutes. So um, I just, yeah, it's it's her tragic past. It's it's that. And it was a very disturbing commercial. Um, yeah. But again, I think the prevailing theory is that kid was dead all along and the magic wasn't going to save him. Yeah. Oh, are we also going to talk about when Wanda tested Pietro about the orphanage? And yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I, I noticed it, you know. She she played the game like, do you remember that kid's name? And he's like, you're testing me. No, what? So in I'm calling, still not going to answer the question. Yeah, he's in calling her out on testing him. He distracted her and he never actually answered it. And that never got out of my head. And I think that was a big tell of who he, who he isn't. And then just like when he brought up well, it's not like your dead husband can die twice. I don't think Pietro would say that, or Pietro. Mm. So I think he's starting to give himself away of who he's not. There's, yeah, like earlier in the episode when he talks about his Halloween memory, which is freaking hilarious, <laughs> man, when they, get, when they get the fish. But they're in Sokovia, and you can hear, like, machine gun fire in the background, and, like, the guys behind them are, like, booting the car, or trying to steal the car or whatever. Like, yeah. it's a very dangerous place. But she says, that's not how I remember it. And he's like, oh, you probably suppressed the trauma, which is yeah. exactly what these commercials are doing. Mm -hmm. um, it's suppressed oh. trauma that she doesn't want to face anymore. Um, yeah, but but he's, it, even when they sit down, like, oh, mom and dad would have loved this place. He's talking in very general terms. Like, everybody's going to yeah. tell their, their twin that mom and dad would love this place. Like, yeah, of course they right. are. Like, he's not actually giving any real memories. And any memories he gives, he can just give his own. And just tell her she just doesn't remember because she's she's too depressed or, or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Um, um, that's a good catch, James. Yeah, part yeah, starring as himself. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. All right, we'll move on to the next question. Um, so, why is Hayward tracking Vision? Um, 
Mark from This Is Life, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's built, listen, he's building a sentient weapon. He, he wants that back. He wants that tech back, plain and simple. That this, to him, this is not about Wanda. He could give two craps about Maximoff. He, he tried to offer. This is about him getting his technology, about him getting his weapon back. He, he cares very, he, he even has, he said it flat out. I don't, I really could care less. I, I you know, this is about vision. So, that, I mean, that's it. It's yeah. plain and simple. He wants vision back. He wants that body back to complete his project on. And that's it. I'm not going to lie. The second that tracking beacon showed up on the screen, they resolved it in about four seconds of who he's actually tracking. I assumed it was, it was Pietro. Um, so, I mean, they, they shut that down real quick. Like we get yeah. our answer immediately. Um, but, uh, Ethan, what do you, what do you think? Why say we're tracking vision? Do you think anything different than what Mark said? Uh, not necessarily. I did think it was really interesting because it seemed as though the focus was on Wanda. It just, to me, it stood out. And then you had the, the, the overseeing aspect of all this that, um, we're able, Darcy's able to get into his computer files He's got, you know, particular things that are tough to see and tough to get a hold of. And she emails off to Jimmy. I, there's something going on within the, the computer verse that really intrigues me. I'll be interested to see if it develops. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, so, it's so intriguing how deep it could get. But if, if we're thinking that, you know, the Infinity Saga itself is done... Then, then my theory and, and my thought is Ultron may play a role in this somehow because of Vision and their big battle at the end of that. I, I just am curious if anything of like that would come to fruition, but I, I doubt it. Yeah, the, I've it, got a theory. I've got a theory that we're going to see or at least hear James Spader in this show um, as Vision's father. Like I genuinely think he I heard that too, but I don't know how I don't know how real that is. Um, but it would be legit. Like I think it'd be cool to get like Robert California Lizard King level uh, <laughs> James Spader. Like I think that would be so awesome. Yeah. Uh, Brian, do you got anything different on on Hayward? Do you think he's doing anything? I, I'm completely with Mark. I think Wanda saved Vision from Hayward, and Hayward's dirty. That doesn't mean Sword's dirty. They're not doing another Shield thing. Like yeah, Hayward, hope, Hayward, that... Hayward's trying to do the right thing. I think he thinks he's trying to do the right thing, and it's bad. Yeah, I, I hope I hope we don't get into another situation where Sword is like Shield and gets compromised by Hydra or whoever at this point. But uh, yeah, I'm with you guys on that. Hey, Hayward thinks he's doing good. But he's he's not. I think Hayward's in too deep and he's trying to cover his own butt now because he, yeah. he did something he wasn't supposed to do. And Monica told him that creation is not observation and response. Um, so while we're, I think the next question, James, I think while we're, uh, hey, Katie, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Uh, James, if we could get the next question, I think it's, yeah. So we're watching Vision on this map and there's those frozen dots. Why are these people frozen or in a time loop? We see the lady stuck in the gif of hanging the, the ghost and then the, her husband in the background of putting down the jack-o'-lantern. Uh, Mark, what do you think there? Yeah, 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 Mark Valentine. So, I mean, the last episode, Wanda says herself, like, I, I don't, I can't run all of these people. And the further that you get away from her locus of control, the less active those those individuals are and the more they're just in a, in a trance and they're just going through the motions. The only time those people really activate are when they're a part of a scene. 
and everyone else is just in stasis. I think that that's the basic explanation of it. She doesn't have enough power to automate every single thing in, in the shot. But when those people come into the shot, she, she snaps them into action. It's like lights, camera, action. They're already at places. They're always at places. And then she basically just goes lights up. And, and when she automates them, that's what they're there for. Yep. Yep. How about you, Mark, with a K? Um, I mean, first off, that scene with the single teardrop going down, although I was surprised Vision just kind of kept walking. Um, he didn't really, like, make a motion to go try and help her. That kind of caught me off guard. Um, although, definitely while he was walking, I got a Truman Show vibe, kind of like him walking around and it's, you know, is he becoming self-aware about the TV show that he's in and... Lady um, on a bike, flowers, <laughs> and there's uh, the bug. There's the bug. So, but yeah, I mean, and you saw when Vision flew over the town, it was quiet, and then town square, everyone laughing and all that, and then quiet. Like, you, yeah, that's just it. Everybody's hibernating until they're in play. Serious Christopher Reeve Superman vibes when he's over the city there, like listening oh. in to everything. Like, oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Brian, what you, Brian, what did you think of uh, everybody on a time loop or frozen? Yeah, I, I heard a lot of different things, like they're glitching and stuff like that. I don't think that at all. I think they were, yeah. I think they were just kind of put in a dormant state until it was time to to use them. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're, what do you not, think, they're not in the <laughs> shot. They're not in the shot. They're extras. No. Yeah, and until, they're extras. They're pulled, uh, until they're pulled into the show, they're just they're just there. Ethan, did you get anything from them? You staging more than uh, anything? Yeah, it just sort of felt like they're there because they're supposed to be, and they were when when everything got started, and 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 a lot of what you guys said, you know, when they're when they need to be on on the film, then they'll be there and they'll be ready. And but it did surprise me, and you guys kind of touched on it, but did did really surprise me that he didn't go over to the lady that was like got a tear in her eye and, and like try to figure out like what her what was going on with her like he did with I, the guy at the computer and I feel like that would have been a great shot for Vision to walk over there and kind of grab the clip and like finish it for her and right. be like ma'am are you okay you yeah, know and right. then like the tear just keeps going yeah, I, I don't I don't see that as anything significant. Again, Vision is very calculated. I mean, he he knows already that these people are in pain. That I don't I don't think Norm that, told him. Yeah, I yeah. don't I don't think that he's going to investigate that in as much as there there's a lot more there's a lot bigger answers out there that he's looking for at that moment than uh, than that woman really crying he knows why she's crying he knows she's in pain okay. and that she's being subjugated yep. the one that the one that i think i mean like if we could brian segue to then agnes being a part of that landscape yeah right? that should be our next question which anyway, is a so which ahead. is a complete farce which yes. is a complete farce so she's not frozen like he's tried to talk to somebody and she can talk like she's putting on a show yeah sorry mark i interrupted you go ahead That mark. No, yeah, I, Mark I, Valentine, I, go ahead. No, I, I, I have not. I, you can, you can tell that she's putting on an act. I, I didn't buy it for a single second. 
that just because she's changed the cadence and the delivery of, of her lines. And it, it was like, for, for me, that was a huge red herring that her purpose at the edge of town was to poke vision to then get him to wander beyond the boundary of the hex provoking Wanda to do exactly what she did, which is have to, again, push her powers, push her abilities, push the hex out further. Everything that we've seen Agnes do up until this point is manipulate the the scene and the scenario by injecting language, by using uh, subliminal messaging to get whatever it is she wants. I think the question at this point really moving forward is, does she have someone who's pulling her strings or is she more of a protagonist than we're even giving her credit for at this point? I, the way I experienced this was, was Agnes and Pietro working in tandem to keep Wanda occupied and to get vision outside. I think they don't want vision catching on to what's going on here and to get him out there. I think they underestimated one Wanda's ability to push out the hex to bring him back in and two, the physical ability of the hex to literally pull vision back in. Cause that's what happens to vision. Um, he yeah. might not have died. Like he may have just come apart piece by piece until all of him was back in the hex, but we don't, we don't know. Like Wanda expanded the hex to, to send sort of message all at the same time. Um, I saw a couple from Allison and Chris talking about the, the kids in town. If we don't get back to that, remind us guys, we will get back to that here in a minute, but I want to finish talking about this, this scene from Agnes. Um, Ethan, did you experience, go ahead, Mark. Oh, sorry. I was going to say shout out to the actress for her kind of wicked witch laugh. Um, Han, absolutely. That was actually, um, the little comics I read about her, whenever they describe Agnes's laugh, like her laugh is how I imagined it. And this is, let me push up my glasses. The nerd in me like says bravo for that laugh. Yep. Ethan, did you think Agnes was faking it or did you, did it fool you? Oh no, I definitely got the thought right away. Like she, she, she's a main player. Like there's a reason why she's all the way out here. There's a reason why, she, she sort of knew Vision was going to be out here. I I got to think that there's something else going on there in terms of uh, what she's fully capable capable of. <clears throat> so it, it was I do love for sure. I do love the call out of Ellis Avenue. President Ellis is the president in Iron Man 3. Uh, or, yeah, Iron Man 3 uh, with yep. the Mandarin. Um, yeah. So, Brian, what about Agnes? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a weird scene. I could see where people get confused on what's going yeah. on. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Agnes was this, she's she's like a main character. Now she's out here and she, she's not sure where she's going. She she can't figure out where town square is. Doesn't make any sense. And Lost then, in the town she grew up in. Yeah. 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 And then after their conversation, she just turns around and heads on off like, I know where I'm going. <laughs> That's the other thing. When she's done with her conversation, she's fully back and she gets yep. to turn back into town when everybody else is literally frozen in, in place. Um, yep. I'm, I'm with you. Um, so we'll move on to, to the next uh, thing. And I want to talk about those kids right now. And I think Pietro gave us the answer of, of the kids. If, where did you hide these kids all the time? Were they just at home in bed? Like yeah. he, he gives Wanda credit for being ethical of keeping families together and stuff like that and not subjecting the kids to, to this trauma and pain until she has to because Vision has now noticed that there are no kids. 
Um, I think literally had you gone into the homes of these families, the kids were just frozen in stasis in their beds and Wanda then not causing them pain anymore. Does anybody else? I mean, I think Pietro gave us everything we needed to know about where these kids came from other than Billy and Tommy, of course. Right. But I, I think that's exactly what was going on there. So James, we can move on to the next question. I just wanted to make sure we got to that. So who was Monica's guy, Matt, uh, coach DeFranco definitely wanted to, uh, to get this one in there. So anybody have any theories? Go ahead, Mark Valentine. I think it's Reed Richards. I think we're set. I think we're setting up the fantastic four here. Uh, it's a him. They've said it's a it's a he. They and said a guy, yeah, they yep, did. They said a guy, so I I think we're getting Reed Richards. I don't think we're going to get much of him, but I hope and pray that we're going to see John Krasinski before this season is over. Of Wanda. I do not. I do not want John Krasinski as Reed Richards. I do uh, not. <laughs> I do not. Nope. Nope. I, and I love Jim. I love John Krasinski. I do, but I don't want him as Reed Richards. Um, but that's a conversation for maybe the weekend between WandaVision and, and um, <laughs> I, I don't think we're getting Reed Richards personally. Uh, but Brian, who do you think the guy is? If you had to put money down, I mean, they threw the, the Spanish subtitle right in my face by calling it a guy. Yeah. I don't know, man. I can't, it's hard for me to speculate because every time I do, it's like, dang, I was completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, to answer your question, honestly, I think the best Reed Richards would be William Jackson Harper, who played Cheedy on a good pl- on the Good Place. Um, I think he would be an an excellent Reed Richards. Um, again, not yeah. my idea, um, uh, but yeah. once I heard it, I can't I can't think I can't I, think differently. I all I can think of though when she said. I have a guy is when Sam Wilson goes, I know that's off to you for not seeing race, Frankie. Um, so I, I do, I think it's going to be, um, Hank Pym or, um, and man, I, I don't think it's going to be them, but that's all I can think about when he said the line as a fantastic four fan. I hope it's Reed Richards. I hope it's John is playing him. I, I do think there's some fun casting out there. Brian, you and I talked about it on one of our podcasts. Um, oh no, I'm forgetting I'm forgetting his name from um, Oh my gosh. I'm gonna come welcome, back. Welcome to, to my welcome to my nightmare. I can never I, remember stuff. Lakeith Stanfield? Yes. Is that who we said from um, Get Out? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yep. Side note, Judas and the Black Messiah on HBO Max, he's in that and he's yep. really good in that. I always thought he would be a brilliant Reed Richards. So, but I, I don't think it's going to be anyone we're thinking of. And I really hope everyone isn't just ripping them apart for letting down expectations whenever we get who it is. That's my issue is the confirmation bias of everybody seeing X-Men everywhere and Fantastic Four everywhere. Like, People are going to get upset. Like we've seen TikToks and everything officially confirms the Fantastic Four. Like, get out of here with that. Like, yeah, it can be anybody. And I hope I think it's somebody. The way they're building it up. Um, if I was betting on anything, I think it's the superhero Blue Marvel, Adam Bernard Brashear. Um, that's who I would expect it to be. Um, it's he's an African American character. They're really trying to expand their diversity. Um, I 
I don't get the expectations up for Fantastic Four. Like, I just if if it happens, great, but don't don't be yeah. bummed if it doesn't happen. Ethan, you got a theory? It's Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I just googled uh, Stephen. I got, I just googled Stephen Richard or Reed Richards. I got no idea who he is. Who he is. So then I was like, all right. So he's some smart guy. He he understands stuff. So I, I thought of. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Designated Survivor. Yep. Uh, the the press secretary for oh, the president. Yeah. He, he's he's a smart guy, well spoken. I thought yeah. I, that would be a good fit. Stephanie said. Guy. Stephanie said, uh, "Is it Colson? We just need to let Colson die." Like, yeah. <laughs> I love the dude. Poor We've guy. got our new Colson and Jimmy Woo. And I think the last yeah. thing, especially because Agents of Shield isn't even on Disney Plus, like they're not going to yeah. try and get people to go back and watch Agents of Shield. Like, Google's Coulson. Let Agents of Shield die. Have you yeah. seen the original Avengers? He's the guy that gets killed by Loki that has the bloody oh. Captain America. <laughs> Spoiler alert! No, I'm kidding. Let, let the past die. That movie's Brian, nine years old. Brian, you know what? I'm going to say the surprise character is Luis from Ant Man. What? Oh, I hope so. Ooh, I freaking crazy. hope so, man. You can give us a whole rundown of what's happened the last five years. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's the Marvel shocker right there that everybody uh, wants. Luis, Luis spent five years educating himself to become an aerospace engineer. I would be so down for that. I mean, that truth serum maybe woke something inside of him. Dr. Doom is possible. Like, I would call it Dr. Doom before I would read Richard's. Like wow. Doctor Doom is Doctor Doom is a Black Panther villain. Like we could go that way. Um, I love Colson too, Stephanie, but I love Jimmy Woo more. Um, all right, we'll move on to our next question. Everybody, thanks for staying with us. We are going to go past the hour like we usually do. Uh, what did Darcy find in Hayward's computer? We know she found blood work from Monica. Monica yeah. sees it as as cancer. She's saying, "I've seen this before." Cancer cells yeah. in remission. Talking about her mom. It. She's becoming photon man. The second she goes back in. She's going to blast somebody with something um, or spectrum. Like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. She also found Project Cataract. I think Project Cataract is is funny. Uh, War Machine's possible. He's not an aerospace engineer. And we know he's going to be in uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. But um, but I, Project Cataract, blurred vision. I think that's a little bit too on the nose. I think uh, I think Hayward is is blurring vision for his own for his own intents and purposes. Darcy did get it emailed out to Jimmy Wu. Um, so I think we're going to find out what product cat project cataract is uh, hopefully next week. Um, but the next question will go around the horn. Um, oh man, that's loaded. Uh, let's start with Brian Pietro. What's his deal? Uh, man, that is not Pietro. Uh, my, my opinion, I mean, I think everybody has the same opinion. Um, something's going on there. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people throwing out Mephisto, Nightmare, all these different villains. But it, right now, I'm kind of up in the air with it. Uh, it's definitely not Pietro, though. Um, yeah, the give him hell demon spawn. A lot of people latched onto that one saying he's Mephisto. Uh, if you if you didn't think it was Mephisto, like this at least puts it back on the table. Like he's yeah. somebody. He's somebody. Go ahead. Uh, let's go with Diz Life, Mark. I, I thought after that line, I thought I thought he was Mephisto, and that's what I'm that's what I'm going to go with from kind of kind of from a work. Just it, I'm going to work with that premise moving forward. 
that I think when whenever I see a character or see something that's that's a miss, I'm just going to work under the assumption that it's Mephisto playing a character in that moment to accomplish whatever his goal is. So I and I think that that's that's who that's been now for this last you know day and a, day and a half. I think Mephisto found now another way to inject himself into the narrative, and I think that's what he's doing. It's Mephisto. I, th- I think. He- he deserved to get his butt blown back when he says your dead husband can't die twice. Uh, how about you, Mark? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm agreeing with, with all you, you guys. Do you think he's Peter Maximoff from the X-Men films anymore? Uh, I never thought he was him, so no. Okay. And, I mean, honestly, I got to point out, I was really irritated with the sound effect they used for this scene with the kids at play. And I hate that canned laughter. So that was the only thing I had about this scene. It, it didn't really change anything for me. I I still think he's Mephisto. So, yeah. Ethan, did you get a read on him at all? Uh, other than the fact that I know he's not who he's supposed to be, not really. I... I definitely love the exchanges. Like, I definitely felt like you you learned a little bit about him. I know you guys said earlier you didn't feel like it progressed the story that much. But I felt as though, like, there was definitely some give and take between the two. Whether you want to think they're really brother and sister or not, I guess, is is another whole battle. But I, I still got the vibe that they were brother and sister. And hopefully that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so whoever whoever is portraying Pietro is doing well enough to confuse Wanda. I think, I think that's, uh, that's my, my but thought. He doesn't, he doesn't really have to, in my opinion, he doesn't have any of Pietro's genuine, uh, memories that all, the only thing that he knows is what Wanda already knows about him. He hasn't right. expanded upon their relationship. He hasn't really, uh, answered anything about himself. Even the question that the hard ask, the hard question that she gives him, he doesn't answer it. He just, he really just questions it. And that's, he, he throws it back in her face till, till it gets let go. And then he moves on and changes the subject. He never, he never fully answers that question. And I don't think that that was, that was done by mistake. He's, he's, it's definitely not the, uh, it's not a multiverse version of, of Quicksilver. It's, it's Mephisto. It's either Mephisto or she has created him much like she has the, re- the this whole reality that either it's Mephisto or it's a byproduct of her mind. And that's it. And that's why it can't go beyond what she already knows. Yeah. He talks in very, very general terms. Um, I, I completely, I completely agree. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't, it just, he's not, he's not him. I, the, my theory is that the multiverse is in play from the standpoint of, Mephisto needed to be able to convince her. One, Ethan, I think the reason you get such a genuine brother-sister relationship is a credit to both of these actors. And the way Elizabeth Olsen is able to portray Wanda's want for her brother to be there because she really loves her brother. Um, And he's really trying to to be there for her to convince her of he really is who he says he is. And she's really trying I don't think she's going to buy it anymore because I think she knows that her brother would never say your dead husband can never die twice. Um, So I think that's the reason she blasted him. She needed a reason to not trust him and she found it. 
I think the reason the multiverse is in play is you can't pretend to be Pietro if you don't have super speed. So I think Mephisto is able to look into the multiverse in some form or fashion and really pattern his behavior after one. And he had to find one that was living. Um, and he pulls off the, the whole, I don't look like her. Now this isn't fully fleshed out, but Mephisto can take on those powers if, if necessary. Um, so I, I don't know. That's that's what I think. I think the multiverse is in play to that and, extent, and, but there's not an open portal. And lest we forget that Mephisto's stick in the comics is diminishing the bond between the dimensions. It's what he it's what he seeks to do constantly throughout the books. Yeah. That he's looking he's looking to lessen the barriers between all of these dimensions so that he can enhance his power to jump and control each one of them and have a stronger influence over them. So I think in in Wanda, it's the perfect tool to accomplish that goal. Which is there's why two I things. Think, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, which is why I I know that we've we've been given some stuff in the last two weeks to really start to question of is it going to be Mephisto? I, I think it's a looky loo. I think it's still Mephisto. I think I think they're still going to hit us with him. Well, well, can we can we can we uh, can we let everybody know why it would be Mephisto? I mean, go yeah, ahead. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so, um, first off, you have the Thanos snap. So, all those souls that were blipped, they were blipped from Mephisto as well. So, is he coming back to, um, to, to gather more souls? Absolutely, he is. And he needs Wanda to do that, I think. He needs the the kids. He needs those. Uh, he needs to reabsorb them to make himself stronger, so he can so he yeah. can take back some souls. Wow, uh, that's it's there. There's there's so much there that uh, you know Mephisto is just a part of everything in in, or in Marvel. I mean, yeah, I mean, and Tony Tony said it. Yeah, you know, when you mess with time, it messes back. Yeah, so, exactly right. While and I to put think... this in Disney terms, like Hades is very comparable to Mephisto. Like, like yeah. the Hades' entire plan of taking over the world and getting Hercules specifically. Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities between those stories. Wow. Hmm. But I, I two things I want to call out about Pietro. One is the the term of who beefed in your borscht. Like, I that made me laugh. I loved that. Um, but then when they're in front of the in front of the theater marquee. There's two two movies playing in the in the theater. One is The Parent Trap, which is a movie about two twins acting like who they aren't actually, um, Wanda and Pietro. Or you yeah. could read it as two twins, Billy and Tommy, trying to get mommy and daddy back together. Um, and then The Incredibles, which is as straight as a, a family of supers, which was really, really cool, too. Um, next question, please. Whoa, uh, I'm going to throw out a bold claim. I'm wondering if Hayward ends up being the Grim Reaper, tries to save the brother by having something to do with vision they haven't gone in any of that in the show yet. I'm with you, Mark. I don't think the Grim Reaper, or Rob, I don't think the Grim Reaper's element was for nothing. Uh, but the longer it goes, the less satisfying it's going to be if they throw it in at the last minute. So I think they need to give us plenty of time. Um, we are running a little bit uh, behind, so I do want to give everybody a chance to talk about Vision leaving Westview and, and how they experienced that. Let's start with uh, Mark with a K. Um. I mean, you saw why he was able to lift Thor's hammer, why he's 
good hearted and wants to help everyone, even though he can't remember the Avengers, can't remember any of that. It's just in his nature to help and save as many people as he can. And even when he was coming apart, he was there saying, help them. They need help, you know? So it was very, that was a very intense scene to watch. And then poor Darcy trying to help Vision as well. But so when, when Darcy's getting pulled in and she says, fuh, like she's going to say the word. And then the second she enters sitcom reality, it changes to fudge. Like, yeah, that was amazing. I love that so much. How about you, Wolf? What do you think of uh, Vision leaving Westview? Yeah, I mean, like I told uh, told you, I watched Age of Ultron. Like, this guy just was genuinely good. He wanted to do what was right almost always. So I'm touching on a lot of what Mark said. I think the thing that, that struck me was once he hit that barrier, he just kept going. He didn't yeah. – and that to me sort of surprised me in a sense. Like, I, I kind of thought maybe he'd hit the wall and then – go up a little ways to see if there was an opening somewhere. I thought, you know, maybe that would be a little more telling, uh, but instead he just decides to just go right through. So that was, it was interesting. And, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens to him now that he's exited because we learned that something happens to you when you come in and when you come out. So is something going to happen to him that's different from what we've been able to see of him? I'll be curious. I really wonder if he'd have been able to just walk out if Wanda hadn't come out and really beefed up the uh, the force field last week. Like, I really wonder if he would have just been able to leave. I really I, I will never know. And I don't know if it matters, but I'm just curious. How about you, Brian? What do you think of Vision leaving Westview? Yeah, that that was uh, that was an intense scene. Uh, seeing seeing him being ripped apart. He didn't like he needed to let somebody know that the people there needed help. Um I, the admiration I, that I have for Vision, man, after yeah. that scene. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It is. It's he's he's a great guy. I mean, <laughs> he, he genuinely he genuinely is good. So uh, whether that's him or not, I don't know. But that that definitely will seem like him in that in that scene. Mark with the C, what do you think? You know, I, I just think it's a. I think it's just a big reminder of what's going to happen. I. I don't think that Vision's going to survive this series. I think it's going to be really sad that we're going to we're going to lose him. I don't know if we're going to lose him to the MCU for good. We might get a different version or a different iteration of Vision. Again, for those of us who read the books, we know that there there are different there's there's a different future for him. No one's ever truly dead in in the comics. But I think that I think he's dead. Like I think that that was the reminder for us to say that when this ends, when the when the play is over, when the hex is gone, I think Vision's going to go. And I think that, that that scene was there to prepare us for what reality awaits him. Are we going to say the yeah, white I, vision? <laughs> I hope so. Um, so Patrick says, curious why Tommy felt, uh, I think Billy, Billy's the one that felt Vision's cry for help. Um, Billy's as strong and almost stronger than Wanda. Like Billy has a power that Wanda doesn't have where he can actually channel and see through the person that he's channeling. Um, he Billy doesn't have a grasp of that yet. Um, I really think it's cool when both Wanda and Billy both stop Tommy from running around being speed. Um, and that's the first time we get actually Tommy respecting Billy. Whoa, Billy, that was awesome. Uh, but Billy just, he's the more empathetic twin. He just doesn't have a grasp of what he's doing. Uh, but Billy's powerful, man. Like Billy's super, super powerful. So I, uh, I think Pietro was doing exactly what he was supposed to do. 
um, running drink, you've, you've got it. But I think Billy was – I think Pietro was doing exactly what he was supposed to do. Agnes pushed Vision out, out of town. She wants Vision gone. And Pietro was distracting Wanda. She forgot about Vision, even though she knew he wasn't on Neighborhood Watch because, because Herb told her. Um, but, yeah, like it's – that – and we got a question earlier of what do we think of, of Hayward saying he really wants out, doesn't he? I just think Hayward, I think that's Hayward trying to justify his actions yeah. of C vision doesn't want in there anyway. So I should just take him back. Um, right. Have I mentioned that Hayward sucks? Um, <laughs> next question, please, James. I think it's, yeah. What's next for Darcy and the clowns, the clowns. I mean, it's, she turns sword into a circus. She literally sees those sword people as clowns. Uh, no respect for him, and she intentionally engulfs everything that Sword has to send that message. I really wish Hayward didn't get away. Um, but what's next for Darcy and the clowns? Um, what do you think, Mark? Dislike Mark? Who's laughing now, clown? <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm just excited for Darcy in the Hex. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. She's living her dream. She loved Monica in there. Like, I hope she's not a waitress like her two broke girls one. I hope they go a little bit more creative. Yeah, they too. Frankie thinks she'll be a waitress, though. Uh, What do you think, Brian? uh, I don't. I don't know. (laughs) I don't. I don't have enough time. Fair enough. I I really don't have enough time invested in this one. All right, fair enough. Mark, you got any theories or anything you're excited to see? I'm not gonna lie. You guys keep saying clowns. I totally go a, a more adult direction with that from Goodfellas with Joe Pesci when he's like, "What? I'm funny? Funny like a clown? No. What do you mean? Like, what am I?" So going off on that. I'm so sorry. Um, so I think we're gonna get a very fun version of Darcy. Um, and I know some people have already posted that they like Wandavision Darcy over Thor Darcy. I. I, I hope Darcy comes back in Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, but, you know, I, I hope we go to the circus. I think Wanda might bring the kids to the circus, seeing how they just had a traumatic event. I think her, she could be like, let's go to the circus. It's a lot of fun as a family. And we, I, I think Wanda is going to have a little fun with the sword agents. So there was also Wolverine. a line even. Yeah. So if Wolverine wanders into the hex, do we wind up with the greatest showman? That's all I need to know. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Uh, James, can go. you remove him, please? That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a mark thing. thing, I think. Wolf, what do you think? Anything you want to see from Darcy? Um, not necessarily. I- I'm just excited that she's still going to be in the show. I really enjoy her character. I like sort of her sass. Um you know, if I had to, if I if I had to be like really speculative, like it would be really cool to see Darcy as like playing Pam, but like you know, if Vision's playing Jim and they've got to talk a little bit and and you know and, and discover some things about somebody in charge. I don't know. I that's yeah, I think we're seeing the a- this, uh, the Asian Jim and and uh, <laughs> the Pam. Uh, they, I mean, they did say like Modern Family is going to be the big one, but they did say like we're doing a, a office type stuff. Like I, I think computational services could easily have Mr. Hart play and Michael Scott. Like yeah. that, that would not be hard at all. No, um, and give it, give it to me. Um, I think the next question is the most important of the night, gentlemen. Um, why do I now want a funnel cake? 
that funnel cake truck was awesome. I want a funnel cake so bad. Uh, I I think I think I'm with you. I think she's gonna go out to to the circus. That would be really really interesting. Um, but we've got just let's give us just another five or five minutes. Um, if you got any last minute questions, throw them in the comments. Um, but it was an absolute blast. I love this show. Um, Mark with a K. Any final thoughts on on WandaVision? episode six or what you're hoping for him from seven uh fans out there i gosh i've even seen fan groups picking apart how long the credits are just try to remember to enjoy this show if you're even picking on how long the credits are i saw some people were like oh man the episode's 47 minutes yeah but it's only 32 minutes of content okay like simmer down now a little bit just enjoy the credits these people work really hard on it. If you're one or of those just don't people, watch them. I, yeah. If you're one of those people who, when you're done with a Broadway show, the show ends and you just leave, shame on you. Like, this is the same thing. Watch the credits. Some people work really hard on this. Yeah. Enjoy the music. Um, stop nitpicking about every little thing, and you'll find something very special that you'll actually enjoy the show a lot more. So enjoy the ride. Justin, if we don't see Dottie again, I'm going to feel very cheated. I think Dottie's not on the board for a reason. I think we will see Dottie again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mark, to your point, WandaVision is the number one show in the world. The only yeah. way it's number one in the world is you translate this show into many, many different languages. And you've got to put all those people in the credits, and they, yeah. they deserve that credit. Yeah. Brian, any last-minute uh, WandaVision episode six or predictions for episode seven or anything you want to see? Yeah, man. I, I just want to say I met Rob the other night. Piano Rob the other night. I see him in the chat. Uh, just a fantastic guy. Just an awesome, awesome guy. Um, we get to chit-chat for a minute. And, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan, man. Big fan. Uh, as far as WandaVision goes, uh, I'm going to sit back, relax, and I'm going to take it all in. Uh, this the best week approach. Of, yep. This week was one of those weeks where I knew I had a vacation coming up. And I didn't put a lot of thought into it. I wanted to watch it as a fan, and that's exactly what I did, is watched it as a fan and didn't try to nitpick it. Nice. Um, Chris, I, I did mention the movie Marquee. Um, really, really cool Easter egg. I wonder if at the beginning of this one you did see the available titles streaming now. Like, it's because we do get the Ultron thing as part of the as part of the thing, but I wonder if they also put available title streaming now because Parent Trap and Incredibles were mentioned in this episode. I'm really curious about that. Um Nathan, what are you what are you hoping for? Well, I, I want to go back just a second. There, if there's one thing that I've learned in becoming a Marvel fan, it's to watch through the credits just in case they throw in something at the end. So I definitely catch as much of it as possible, and and, and sometimes I zoom past uh, some of the credits, but I do try to watch them and make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, but no, I think for me, I'm just sort of excited to see where this. Hayward watching Vision is very intriguing to me, and he's not watching Wanda. And I get that there's a, a weaponization aspect to that, but I'm very intrigued as to why that was never really said up until now. It always seemed to me like Wanda was the focus. Wanda was the person that they were really dialed in on. So it was really strange in this episode to find out that it wasn't, in fact, Wanda, but rather Vision that they've got their eye on. So... 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like I I watch the credits all the way up through the wedding rings and then the WandaVision and then the show turns off and then it'll recommend that I watch Avengers Age of Ultron every single week. Uh, so once it's request, once it's recommending something, well you should have. It's a great movie. But once it recommends something, that's when you can move on. Um, yeah. that they won't throw in a post credit scene after that after something like that. And I don't think we'll get a post credit scene until episode 9. That's good to know. Uh, go ahead, Mark. What do you think? Did you love it? Do you, or what are you hoping for? Just any last words? No, nah, just to echo what everybody else has kind of said at this point. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm done looking for for too much. I think I'm going to enjoy it here on out. Um, I had this week. I did that. I really. Um, I wound up doing myself a service by not watching it a billion times and trying to overanalyze everything. I really enjoyed the show a lot more. But the one thing I, I just want to say, I want to say two things. Is one, Brian. You know, uh, thanks for taking thanks for taking the lead this week. Like amazing, um, you know, the show this show needs to be done the right way. And I kind of t- told you, I said, hey man, like you're the you're the guy to do it. So like, you know, thanks for yeah. taking the time, getting the outline, taking taking the time to do this while I'm remote here and I'm on vacation. Um, you guys are awesome. And the other the other thing is, I'm just really excited for United We Fan Plus that you and Mark are going to be joining us on Sunday night once a month. And we're going to be uniting the two of you every single, <laughs> every single month to, to talk about what's coming up on Disney plus, whether it's Marvel, just, you know, any, really anything that you guys are going to tell us what to watch for, give us reviews, give us, you know, all the good stuff that you normally do on your, on your podcast. Like I, I, I love, I, I've said this a billion times before. I love having the two of you guys here with us on Marvel Monday, and I'm really excited that you guys are going to be fanning with us even harder. So thank, oh, thank you for tonight, man. And um, I, I love this show, but I love the fact that everybody here treats it with such reverence that even when we're on vacation, we have guys that are like, hey, let's get, let's get this outline together and let's, let's talk it out. So awesome! Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. We're we're excited to do to do that show. Um, I'm very excited. If you're watching this on on replay, leave comments as well. Like we want to know that you're that you're seeing it and and answering the questions that you may have as well. Um, we uh, we we love talking this show. We can't do it enough. So and if you like this, uh, I think I think this kind of going sequentially through the episode actually helped us stay on topic a little bit more. I think that's going to kind of be more of a theme as we go. It helps us kind of stay focused and we'll talk about that separately. But if you really hated how we did it compared to previous weeks, let us know that as well. Um, again, as, as, as Mark mentioned, United We Fan Plus, we're going to be talking all kinds of things. Falcon Winter Soldier, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, Mandalorian, like we're going to be talking all things Disney Plus. So that'll be the last Sunday of every month after game night. Um, thank you everybody for joining us. And until then, Excelsior and for the children. 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 <laughs>